This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. Did you know that we're officially back in a buyer's market? That's right. Even though interest rates continue to rise, they are causing prices to fall. So there's finally room for you to do regular real estate investor things that we couldn't do for so long, like gas, negotiate, make lower offers, ask for sellers to cover some of your closing costs. So it's a really great time to buy in terms of being able to get a lower purchase price and being able to negotiate. So if you're looking for your first or next short-term rental, it's a perfect time to reach out to us at the short-term shop. Let our team of agents in any of our true vacation market destinations help you find the perfect investment. Jump on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected to get started. We are brokered by eXp Realty. See y'all over there. Here we go. Here he is. Best looking guy in real estate. Uh, we have arrived. We're doing it. We're, we're getting it done. And uh, buddy of mine, Tim, how are you? Uh, good morning. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? <laughs> Wonderful. We were just shooting the breeze and I'm like, well, why, we should just record it all that. <laughs> it's a beautiful day up here in the Smokies. It's, it's, uh, been, on 38. it's been a little rainy, but it, the last couple days have been absolutely gorgeous, perfect weather. So, yep. It's getting to be that time of year. Uh, yes. The time the when bookings start coming. Yes. I've got them coming in too. I just had a 250 bucks a night on a one bedroom. Um, and that, uh, it blew my mind a little bit and I don't hate that. No. And I was like, well, and it was like four months from now. So I'm like, I should probably raise that rate, but that seems crazy to me. Cause when I first started, that was, you know, that no way that would happen. $99 back then. Yeah, dude, for real. It was like $99 special, you know, like, <laughs> that was your headline. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So today we're going to talk about data. How do I analyze? How do I uh, how do I know what's going to make money? Um, and 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 a lot on the subject of is there too much data? Because I think that there is. Um, and uh, but before we get to that, give us a little uh, rundown of your real estate career. What do you own? Where where are you from? Where do you do? And uh, who do you know? <laughs> who do I know? Luke Carl. What else? Do, what else <laughs> needs to be known there? Uh, uh, no, I, I I met Luke Carl in the process of this. Uh, so uh currently live in the smoky mountains in tennessee i'm actually an agent here now as well uh that is uh, something i've added to the resume if you will over the last couple of years but uh started off uh doing long-term rentals in kentucky when i lived there and uh still have a portfolio of long-term rentals in kentucky and uh have uh one in texas that's kind of an oddball but then uh four short-term rentals in the smokies and a couple in uh gulf shores and okay uh, so you're in four markets four markets Two uh, short-term and two long-term markets. Correct, correct. And, that uh, Texas not, market, will you continue to buy there? Or what What's the deal with that one? Um, probably not. That was a a, a pre-owned house that just got shifted to a long-term rental. Um, so I'm not gonna say no. It, it, it's a possibility, but not really looking to. That was just something that uh, I'll say we had, and uh, it kind of turned. It went from uh, it was my it, it used to be my wife's house, so uh, it went from her house to a long-term rental. So she lived it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, uh, any issues with that? Do you self-manage that thing from Tennessee to Texas? We do. Uh, and no, it's been, it's been pretty easy. Um, to be honest, we self-manage all of our portfolio right now, which, you know, again, long-term's not probably what we're going to do on the long-term rentals. Um, but for right now, the size we are, it's manageable. Um, 
uh, we actually, you know, kind of learned self-management on the long terms first, and then we bought short terms and, you know, learned to self-manage through you, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, the experience that we had with the long term certainly didn't hurt. And, and then uh, uh, opportunities arose and we ended up moving away from, you know, we, we self-managed those long terms, but we also lived pretty local to most of them. And uh, but now that shifted. So now we, we live closer to most of our short term rentals, but we live a distance from our long term. So we've kind of learned it's, it's the same principles, uh, just a little different. They're, they're two different businesses, you know. Um, so anyway, the answer is long term, we're probably going to bring property management into the picture on the long term rentals just because we want to scale it. And uh, it's not super scalable, much bigger than, in my opinion, much bigger than where we are for that. So. Yeah, I did the same. I, I started with short with long term. I, I had one long term uh, and it was local to me at the time. Uh, and then I started buying in the Smokies, which were also fairly local. They were a couple hours down the road. Um, and then I started uh, after, I think, five, five short terms. I, I went back to long term, started buying a bunch of those. Uh, well, it's a bunch. Uh, I mean, as many as my broke ass could get my hands on uh, duplexes um, in Chattanooga at the time. Uh, which is a great town also in Tennessee. All, all my stuff was in Tennessee, but in three areas. And then I branched out, moved to Florida and it just kind of went from there. But, uh, that's, I think it was one of the reasons we get along so well is, uh, uh, you know, well, you're good looking, but also, uh, uh the long-term thing. I mean, uh, most of the people that, that flowed through my life as far as real estate is concerned are, I don't want to say anti long term, but they just don't even really think about it. Like it doesn't even cross their mind, and uh, they're well, all gung ho on this short term thing. And uh, I really don't know why that is. I, I you know, I mean, they, they both have. I mean, I think the short terms. There's no arguing that, you know, per house the cash flow is better. You know, but I don't know. There's there, there's a beauty in long term that I I, I love my long terms. <laughs> they're they're two completely separate businesses, and you got to treat them as such. You know, you can't treat them the same. But uh, I love them both. Uh, now, with that said, I intend in my life to have way more long terms than I do short terms because, I mean, part of the short term attraction for me is it's fun. You know, it's a, uh, you know, you get to be a little more creative and you get to, you know, uh, you know, do more stuff and be more interactive with them. And you're creating vacations for people, which is all fun and exciting and pretty and sexy stuff. But at the same time, it's more work, you know, so. Uh, I think there's a limit on how many short terms you can manage yourself. You know, I mean, I, I think you get to a point and it's like, you're not, you're not doing a great job if you have too many of them. Um, and you don't need too many, really. I mean, I, so that's kind of our goal is to have, uh, an amount of short-term rentals that we still are having fun every day running it and then build our long-term into more of the empire, if you will, you know, that is, uh, you know, a little bit less hands-on, but still, you know, like obviously you're still involved. Yeah, that's exactly what I've done. Uh, and I've got the eight short terms. And every now and then I think, man, you know, maybe it's time for another one because it is slow going. It's not really, I can't really find an apartment building right now that's looking for, you know, looking like something I would want. Um, and to buy a whole bunch of single families uh, is a lot of work and time consuming. And then each one of those only makes, you know, two, 300 bucks a month. Uh, so then it's like, man, you know, what is it to buy a 50 grand out of your pocket, 20% down, you know, for uh, uh, once you get uh, paint and floors, you know, 50 grand and to make 300 bucks a month, it's not sexy. It is not sexy. And then you spend all this time and money fixing it up uh, and nobody cares, you know, but with a short term, you're picking out furniture, you're picking out paint colors, you're picking out, you know, uh, granite, granite. We were just talking about that. 
Yeah, and I'm going to shiplap this room, and I'm going to do this tile in this shower, and then I'm going to get $1,000 photos taken and in a video, and I'm going to put it on... Uh, coffee YouTube. stations, man. Coffee stations. In the coffee station. Yeah, man. It's crazy. So, um, and, then, and then you can show it to you. You can text the link to your friends and say, look at this. This is so sexy. And and then they're like, uh, oh, yeah, can I stay there for free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then you, you're like, wait, why did I even send this? Uh, that was a bad idea. But yeah, it, it's just a whole different thing. Some I don't know that it's two separate brains because, you know, I feel like I really did learn a lot about short term um, with with my long terms and especially with managing because I was self-managing my long terms when I first, uh, you know, first several months uh, or years. Um, uh, I probably, I think I had 18, 20 doors in long term, most of which were duplexes. Uh, before I hired a third-party property manager. And I did that because I moved. And, you know, it just was perfect timing, you know. Um, how, how do you know when to do that? You know, I, it just, for me, it just happened. You know, I moved. I was getting to the point where I was ready to just keep buying and it was going to be probably in a different town because I moved. I, I do like my long terms to be two or three hours from where I live if possible, which is not always possible. But, um you know, that way I can buy two or three at a time if, if I'm lucky uh, and, and and I've saved my pennies and done done all my hard work and then I can go look at them, get the rehabs going. And um, I like to do that with long yeah. with short terms. It almost doesn't matter where they are, you know, but. Uh, right. I think another big thing that I'm pretty certain you and I agree on this, you know, the mindset, the similarity in mindset in both of these is like. How are we making the world better, you know, and uh, the difference is, you know, on a, on a long term rental, we're providing we're making a home for somebody, you know, and that's an awesome thing. But then uh, same thing with short-term rentals is we're making a memorable vacation that, you know, somebody's going to have lifelong memories of going to one of our places. And hopefully, you know, that's the goal and uh, uh, you know, spending quality time and doing all that. So that's, that's been a big part of how my wife and I have approached it is just trying to, you know, do this, you know, we're trying to serve people in the same, the same stroke of, uh, you know, adding to what we do in our life. Well, I love the way you put that, and you're right. Uh, we're making the world a better place and uh, providing a awesome home for people to either vacation or live in, and then and then you get a, an eviction, <laughs> you know, and then you're like, oh man, yeah, uh, that goes right or, out the window. Yeah, or 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 mad or mad uh, short term guests, you know. I mean, it, it, it both, they, yeah, they they both they both hurt, you know. Uh, you know, because you, you, just like you said, we put a lot of time and effort and work and thought and planning into trying to make these things as good as possible. And at the end of the day, some people don't care. Um, but you got to you got to look past that and be able to move on from that. Absolutely. All right, cool. So how do I decide? Uh, I mean, you know, without overstating the obvious here, uh, how, how do I decide how much one of these things is going to make? Let's say I'm new. I'm scared. This is probably the most common question we get all the time. Uh, how do I analyze a deal? How do I how do I know it's going to make money? What, what What's your process there? And uh, do you have any advice? Yeah, I think, you know, this is going to sound extreme, but you got to become an expert, you know, and the, the data word gets thrown around a lot. And the, the reality is, different personality types and different people need different amounts of data to satisfy their brain. Uh, as an investor, you have to learn to stretch that kind of both ways. Sometimes, sometimes up, sometimes down. Some people, you know, if the wind blows right, they're satisfied and they'll pull the trigger. That can be dangerous, but other people can go on the other extreme and, and, you know, run 
you know, 15 different spreadsheets and use, you know, 15 different data sources and still not make a decision. So, you know, kind of get into a happy medium. You got to become an expert and, and and whatever that takes for you is a little bit different. But uh, and there's all kinds of different words and terms that are used. But at the end of the day, to me, data, you have to you have to use some critical thinking of your own to sort through whatever data set it is you're using. You know, there's all kinds of data available to our fingertips right now. But at the end of the day, you have to, you know, become an expert in that market. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what's going to, you know, make you successful. And, and becoming an expert can mean a lot of different things. You know, you you gotta you gotta get to where you're confident that you can you can possibly do better than the next person. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, kind of rambling on there. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about my method? I mean, it, it, you know, people, you know, I come from cars and motorcycles you know that a little bit i've bought lots of that stuff in my life and people ask me all the time uh, what's this uh what's this bike worth or what's this car worth and and you know i it's not like how do i have a magic answer it's from going out and being immersed in that you know i'm immersed in it and i'm on facebook groups i'm in forums i'm on marketplaces i'm on craigslist back in the day you know with real estate it's the same thing you got to get immersed in the market that you're looking at you know and so you know, uh, a guy I know came up with a term called the enemy method. That's pretty <laughs> much the same thing. <laughs> so, I love uh, Craigslist though, man. I yeah, but it's the same thing. It's 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 digging in and finding out what your enemies are doing. You know, I mean, it's finding out what your competition is is doing. You know, because that's what supports the market is what people are willing to pay. You know, and uh, so you got to get in. And you know, some people, you know, you can go out and look at. You know, if we're talking about short terms, you can go in. You know, the enemy method is really going out and looking at. Uh, you know, Airbnb, Verbo, you can even get into some property manager stuff. But to me, that's kind of a little bit dangerous because a lot of times, you know, self-managing, you can do better job than a property manager is. So you don't want to look solely at their numbers. You know, it's not a bad data point, but it's not anything I'm going to base a decision off of necessarily. Um, but then also, I mean, uh, the Facebook groups that are out there these days are, you know, have a lot of, have a lot of data in them as well. And then uh, from there, you know, there's the, I'll say the air DNA type places. And I certainly look at that stuff, but again, that's something I think, I think it can get overdone. Um, you gotta be careful with that data, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables to data and you have to be able to look at it, you know, deep enough or shallow enough to understand, you know, what you're getting into there. So let's talk about the property manager thing. So this is how I've always done it. If I find an enemy, if I'm on Verbo or, or Airbnb, to me, a property manager on Airbnb, uh, is probably just some kind of clickbait. Like they don't, they, in my experience, in my markets, they don't really want bookings from Airbnb for whatever reason. It's yes, there will be some of them on there, but they're really just trying to get you to see their brand name in the in the in the profile and then go to their website and click 100%. it. So their prices are like through the roof, and you can't even get a good idea of uh, what the property is doing. Verbo, a little less of that, uh, but it's still the same thing uh, because Verbo has been around for so long and and property managers tend to be a little bit more traditional. Um, they are a little bit, you know, more receptive, in my opinion, to Verbo. So I, if I see, in other words, if I see a property manager while I'm enemy methoding, if I'm, if I'm on Verbo, I'll go ahead and take a look. I will, you know, I'll see, okay, what's doing here? Do they actually have any reviews? That's another thing. If you find a property on Verbo, that uh is is a third-party property manager and it's always pretty easy to tell you can well if they if they're being obvious they have their name brand name right um 
That being said, I, I have a brand name. You know, I have a property management company name on mine, although it is a boutique that I actually own these properties. So it's a little bit deceiving at times. Uh, or you can click on their profile and see if they own 47, if they have 47 properties on there or 120 properties or anything more than like seven, really. Right. Then they're probably some sort of manager or co-host and they don't actually own them. And it's a whole different ballgame. Doesn't mean you shouldn't look at the data. Should, doesn't mean you shouldn't enemy method them. I will yet yeah, I will generally rule something out on Airbnb if it looks third party. I'm not interested because they are probably not actually doing that. It's not their wheelhouse. Uh, another thing about property managers is if I'm looking to buy a property and I'm and I'm enemy methoding that property and I happen to find that property on Airbnb and or Verbo, um, then and it's and it's managed by a property manager or I know. Uh, that it's managed by a property manager, just for whatever reason, the seller told me or you know, the seller's agent or something, um, then I will go to that property manager's website to basically stalk this property I'm interested in, see what they're doing with it. The, the property management website will have rates on there. They're usually about you know the same for a month at a time. And, um, and you can kind of get an idea. You can even call the front desk. Hey, do you know anything about this property? Um, uh, I would like to stay there, you know, pretend like you're going to stay there. Um, and that's some heavy duty enemy methoding, you know, if you want to get in the weeds, especially if it's a property you're under contract on, very interested in, it's probably pretty good. It's a pretty good idea to get somewhat obsessed with that. Now you do need to be careful. You can very easily make a property manager mad or get too obsessed and then make your agent or the seller's agent mad because you cross the line. Uh, right. you're an agent. Talk to me about that. Can a, can a buyer cross the line with a, with a property manager on a property? Absolutely. I mean, you don't want to get in too deep or you're, you're, you're getting intrusive to what, you know, could make it have an effect on the deal. You know, I mean, if, if they start calling the seller and saying, look, we're having problems with these people, you, you don't want to even get near that really. Uh, so you gotta be careful with it, but within reason, you know, honestly, by the time I'm under contract for me, that work is usually already pretty much done. And, and the reason for that is, you know, kind of going back to becoming an expert in your area. Uh, even if you haven't bought there yet, you can become somewhat of an expert at the end of the day. If you're looking at similar properties in a similar area, they all have the same rent potential. And that comes down to the rent potential is different than the rent history. You know, at the end of the day, rent history, who cares to some, to some extent, because that's measuring, how the person before you did, you know, whether that's a property manager or a self-manager, you're, you're looking at how did they do, which again, you can look at that, but at the end of the day, you need to know what do you think you can do with that? You know? So if you're looking at a two, two versus another two, two, that's right down the street, they should really have the same rent potential, you know, I mean, you know, of what you're going to do with that property long-term. And that's the number I use, you know, so I'm not, if I'm looking at, you know, houses in a whatever price range, I'm not like enemy methoding every single one of them if they're in the same general area. I'm kind of, I go in, you know, I did that work ahead of time and uh, I use pretty much the same rent number, you know, with it, you know, there might be some, you know, if one's got a view, one doesn't, you know, you could do, you can call it an adder, you know, or whatever and put, put some money on it, you know, but uh, for the most part, you know, I'm doing a lot of that ahead of time. So I don't really go down the path of, you know, individual property digging too far. Yeah. So uh, same thing, you know, same for me, man. And uh, at, to me, I think people are overthinking it a, a lot, like a too much, um, yeah, but, uh, but I'm not ready to get into that yet. Um, what uh, really all well, I at do- the end of the day, At the end of the day, the property is a tool for you to make money. 
you know, so you got to know what that tool is capable of, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I guess that kind of just rolls back to what I said, you know, the tool is capable of so much period. And, uh, if you have a two bedroom, you're not going to bring in 120 grand a year, no matter how hard you try, you know, I, I gotta be careful saying that it's uh 2023, <laughs> you know, that if somebody watches this five years from now, that might be different, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, you just gotta know what your tools are capable of. And, uh, that's, I, I agree. It gets overthought a lot. And, you know, people, if you're analyzing every single property, like trying to figure out the income potential, I think that's going a little deep. So, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a single family home, right? Um, but I, I also understand that it's, if you're new, it, it's just as overwhelming as a, as a hundred unit apartment building, um, right. which, which quite frankly, is really not that difficult math either. You just take the rents, uh, compare it to the purchase price and you figure out your cap rate and then you figure out what your interest rate's going to be. And you just sit down and do some math and you figure out what it's going to make. And, and I remember when I first started in apartments, uh, it was scary as hell. I, I was calling every, everybody I could find. I was calling everybody and saying, Hey, how do I figure out, you know, what this thing's going to make? I'm just trying to compare it to a single family long-term with the 1% rule and all that. And I'll be honest, at the end of the day, that is a pretty good way to do apartments, you know, for what I do like 20, 30 units. Uh, if you, you know, if you're buying a, a house or uh, an apartment for 80 grand a door, it needs to rent for 800 bucks a month, you know, and then, and then obviously you're going to sit down and do a whole lot more research and, 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 and uh, insurance and taxes are a huge factor there, especially in my market because taxes are really high um, in my, my apartment market. But uh, it's the same thing with, you know, it, it's not even, it's less complicated. This is a one front door home, you know, there's expenses, there's income, you compare the two and that's it. And I think what happens is, is people drive themselves absolutely freaking insane with it. And I do think a lot of that has to do with where we are right now. This space has exploded. You got 16 different websites out there now that are set up to tell you how much it's going to make, which really all they're doing is putting the enemy method in a bottle. Maybe I should have done that. Um, and, and it's great. They're great. You know, it's just like in long-term single family, you got rentometer, rentometer. To me, that's the only one. I, that's the only one I'm aware of, and it's pretty decent. And what is it doing? It's scraping Zillow, saying, you know, this is what these are renting for. This is, and it's pretty accurate, um, although it, it can be very not accurate. That's that's in some cases if you're if you're not comparing apples to apples. <clears throat> so you have to really kind of dig deep and make sure. You know, you got to go on Zillow. You got to go on Zillow and cross reference and 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 basically uh, check the story on rentometer, rentometer. Absolutely. And make sure that it's telling you the right story, because if you just take its word for it, um, you know, uh, it's not going to be right. Yeah. And on that stuff comes right back down to being an expert in your market. You know, I mean, on our long term rental, you know this. I mean, you get on the, the wrong side of the tracks, per se, and uh, your rental meter may be scraping a few properties that are on the right side of the tracks or vice versa. You know, so you got to. You got to know your area a little bit. And that the same thing rolls into short term. Some of these, you know, data scraping things kind of do the same thing. You know, if they're scraping, uh, you know, the five properties within a quarter mile of yours that are short term rentals and, you know, all five of them are with a property manager and may have skewed data on Airbnb because of it, it could give you a drastically inaccurate number, you know. And, and self-managers too, you know, I get asked a lot, like, is it self-managed or, or uh, property managed? And they kind of put it into buckets like that. But just because it's self-managed doesn't mean it's self-managed well. And 
And if it's self-managed at a rock star level, you got to be real with yourself. Am I going to be able to duplicate that in my first year? You know, so that can go both ways too. So it, it all comes down to, you know, it all comes down to numbers at the end of the day, you got to know what you're looking for and what's your worst case scenario. And, uh, uh, you know, look at that a little bit, you know, I don't ever want to shoot for, I'm not a worst case scenario kind of guy <laughs> generally, but you know, I know what that number is that I got to make every, you know, every year to, to make it work. So. It's interesting that you, you hear that from, I would assume what you're saying as clients is that they, they, they're, they're, they're conscious of whether it's self-managed or property managed. And it really, why would I, I personally, I wouldn't give, give a flying crap. I, I can sit there and figure out what I can make on this thing in 10 minutes. Uh, I guess what you're saying is that they're uh, interested in the historical data on the property. Yeah. They're looking at the historical data and there's a preconceived notion that if it's uh self-managed that those numbers are already going to be better, uh, you know, so they're closer they're saying, to okay, what they could do. Right. Right. And that's just not always necessarily true. I mean, this, this, you know, we've said it before this, this business isn't for everyone. And, and, you know, and, and not everybody self-manages the same way we do, you know, mm. so that's, that's almost as wide of a thing as, as anything else is you gotta, you gotta really look, get real on what do you think you can do yourself? And, uh, and you gotta get confident in that. And then once you buy the property, you gotta set some goals and you gotta go after it, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, once you've made that commitment, you're in and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's how that's, I mean, people that set goals and set numbers generally exceed them, <laughs> you know, because you get obsessed with it. So this episode is brought to you by the premier short-term rental Facebook group, short-term rental, long-term wealth. We have nearly 50,000 members. This is the biggest independently owned and operated SCR Facebook group. And it has been curated by yours truly, Cashflow Car. Join us on Facebook. Search the groups for short-term rental, long-term wealth. That's short-term rental, long-term wealth on Facebook. But wait a minute. To me, you know, even even think, sitting there thinking about whether it was self-managed or, or property managed, I don't even care. Like, I just don't care. I, I can, you need to be able to go in there and say, this is what I can do with this. To me, a two-bedroom is a two-bedroom is a two-bedroom is a two-bedroom. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, oh, I, I ran the numbers on this deal and it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. So I got to go run the numbers on this other deal over here that's right down the street in the exact same square footage. Well, dude, it's the same numbers. You know, I mean, uh, Agreed. you know, obviously there's differences in, in, in uh, decor and furniture and paint and how, you know, with a short term, if they can touch it, it has to be nice. So if you've got 15-year-old appliances, that house is not going to do as well as the house with the new appliances. So you're looking at, you know, two, three grand or whatever it is for a set of appliances these days, five grand, 27 grand. I don't know. You figure out what that number is. Uh, I'll go, I'll probably spend two grand on just the fridge in a short term, uh, maybe 1500 on a fridge, 800 on a dishwasher and uh, yeah, probably 900 a piece on a washer and dryer. Yep, and about a grand on your stove, nine hundred yeah. grand. You're not getting the bottom of the barrel stuff. You're getting nice right. stuff. So whatever that math is, two grand on the washer dryer, three, probably four grand, five grand on a on a set. Um, maybe five and five and a half if you want the the microwave. Now we're just going crazy, but um, and then the uh, espresso machine, you know. But uh, so, but other than that, yeah, okay. So let's factor that in, uh, I guess. But does that even really count? Does CapEx count? No, they, now we're splitting hairs, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just because the house has a brand new washer and dryer, 
doesn't mean it's the one I put in there. So it might be worthless, even if it is new, you know? So there's like all these factors that go into it. And, uh, and yeah, I can see where folks can drive themselves nuts with this stuff. But my, my problem with it now is that there's so many of these data websites that just, just like, man, it's, uh, at the end of the day, just step back and, and sit there with the yellow pad. For me, that's what it's all about. You know, back to basics, sit there at the yellow pad, believe you got to believe in yourself. If you can't figure out how much money this property is going to make on your own, how are you going to manage this thing? I mean, there's right. so, so many more things involved with the day-to-day -day management and the psychology involved with dealing with drunk people on vacation. Now, that's the hard part. Forget about how much money it's going to make. Let's talk about can I deal with drunk people on vacation? That is the truth, man. That's, that's the hard part. Uh, and obviously, we're not going to buy a house that doesn't make money. But I, th I really think that's a bigger question. No, I totally agree. You know, and going back to the data, all the data websites and stuff that are out there now, they are great, you know, and they, they have great, they're a great resource. But again, I, I really feel like, you know, if a lot of those, you can zoom in on individual properties and I, I don't like doing that or I don't really encourage it because, you know, you zoom in on an individual property. And again, you're going back to, you're analyzing the, whoever's managing that before you. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff you just don't know. You know, I mean, how many days was it available? How many days did they vacation there themselves? What was their minimum night stay? You know, there's a million variables, you know, is it with a property manager, but it's still on Airbnb and it's skewed and blah, 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 blah. So I, you know, I do use some of those websites. I use AirDNA a little bit, but I, I use a more zoomed out approach and I look at kind of averages for the area. And then I kind of cross-reference that with my enemy methoding, you know, just to kind of, as a, as a double check, you know, I, I look at like, uh, you know, what's a two bedroom or three bedroom or six bedroom or whatever, whatever size I'm looking at, what's the average for that area in the percentile that I think I can perform in. And, you know, if I'm showing, a, if I got a massive difference there between what I did on enemy method, I might dig into it a little bit and I might be okay with it. You know, it just depends on the reasons why. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of the way I use those websites is a little more zoomed out. I don't get into the nitty gritty, you know, of really looking at every single house on the street and this one's doing that. I want that one instead. It, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's a house. Like you said, you're buying a tool, you're buying a house and it's up to you from there to, to how it performs. So if it works into your system, go for it. If you're using these websites uh, and, and you, you subscribe and you work that into your, uh, your finances as an expense, and it's just part of your system how to get to the next property. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I pay for my rental meter subscription. I look at it twice a year. Uh, that's very expensive. That's the difference between that long-term and short-term. These short-terms are crazy expensive, these, these softwares. So if it works in your system and it's helping you get to the next deal, absolutely. If it's giving you more paralysis and, and then you sit there and you don't make any offers. Yeah. I've had clients literally, you know, going back to the zoomed in method, I've had clients literally bring me houses that they want to look at, that they're interested in on this. Literally, I had one instance where there's three of them on the same street. Same bedroom count, same square footage, same floor plan, same like same they were, gross income. They were the same house, and there was a hundred thousand dollars difference in the income on Air DNA for the three different houses, and it was real. And the prices were drastically different too. The asking prices what were do you mean based. By it on, was real. Uh, I you know we verified that the income you know so it wasn't like skewed data on Air DNA. It was actually like the three houses between the three of them, there was a hundred thousand dollar difference on income. These were big six bedroom houses with a pool. And uh, the client wanted the most expensive house because it had the best rent history. 
And I'm like, why don't we go for the cheapest one? It's the same house. If they were all it, built at the same time, same time. So yeah, they're all built the same year. And, uh, mm-hmm. They were literally the same house, just just one of them was way underperforming, and it was being sold way cheaper. And I actually it, it went warm through. fuzzy out of it. It gives you a warm fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. And but here's the, the deal: day, if that's an apartment building, if that's an apartment building, that house is worth more because it rents for more. Right. That 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 apartment that apartment complex is worth more. The NOI is better. The cap rate is better because it rents for more. You're buying a business. Right. When it's not commercial real estate, when this it's got less than four four doors or less, it is not a business, and it's worth what the house next door appraises for, and then uh, whatever you can rent it for is whatever you can rent it for. It's not right. related. The rent. My point was the rent potential between all three, in my opinion, was the same. Exact same. You know, the exact same rent potential. So you know, if you want that house, let's get the cheapest one. You know, get just get you the better deal, and uh, mm. and then improve it. You know, make it make it perform like that one that that's crushing it down the street. Warm fuzzy gives you a warm fuzzy makes you feel like I'm giving you a little hug. Hey, this is what this thing, this thing's going to make this much money. But again, there's no rent roll here, folks. They're not handing you over a book of leases. They're not handing you over guaranteed income every month because it has leases and tenants and a rent roll. There's nothing guaranteed on whatever that past income is, which in most cases is good. In most cases, it's great because nine times out of 10, you don't even want to make what that thing was making before because they were doing a crappy job or they were third party in it or whatever. Um, you know, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, if you're shot out of a cannon and, and you're, and you're, and you're looking around and you're saying, man, I can crush this and I can do better than this guy and better than that guy. Um, you will simple as that. And if you're like kind of hemming on and you're sitting, sitting there staring at all these websites and signing up for a new subscription every six days. Um, and, and then you're, you're second guessing yourself all the time, probably a pretty good indication that, you know, maybe, there's a you're hesitating for a reason maybe you're not going to be that great at this also we have a danger there of paying too much you know uh i got all this data this house i think if i'm the best on the planet and i'm shot out of a cannon i can i can push this house to this much uh rental income so uh, in my my numbers i need whatever it is my cash on cash return whatever you're looking for i'm not here to tell you what that is by the way let's get into that in a second but you know you could tweak numbers on a spreadsheet until you're blue in the face and then finally figure out a way to tweak yourself into this thing, making money. And that's dangerous too. Absolutely. We're not here. The short-term memory. We're not here to tell you, this is how you find a house and buy that house and feel comfortable and warm and fuzzy. That's not our job. That's not my job. That's my job within my organization. That's how I buy a house. What I do to buy a house is probably nothing even close to what you're going to do to buy a house or Tim does or, or Joe or Johnny. Um, you know, I'm at a different point in my career right now. I'm happy buying a $150,000 house that only makes $200 a month. You know, when I was first started, I needed it to make six or seven or eight, you know, uh, because I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't get by. I, you know, I had to get to that next down payment and I needed to throw, but now it's more about, you know, good schools, um, on a long-term rental. Um, and, uh, and, and uh and and does it have a detached garage does it have a a converted garage like i'm out on that you know like i have like my i have per buy boxes and my boxes are going to be different than yours my boxes are different than mine were when i first started you know so uh we're not here to sit here and say oh you need to get 15 percent cash on cash on i shouldn't even have said that you know because now everybody's gonna be like oh to buy <laughs> but well i need 15 percent of the uh whatever it is, purchase price. No, it goes year. back to knowing what, what do you need out of this for it to be a win for you? Yes. You know, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter about you know the excitement around short-term rentals and all the profits and all this and all that you got to step back from that and you know it's 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 fine to listen to it and hear it and whatever but you got to step back and what's a win for you what's your investment portfolio look like today what are your long-term goals you know how long do you want to own this thing for you know i mean how long do you want i mean is this a a 15 year journey or is it just uh something you're jumping into is it a is it a hobby you know some yes. people some people get into this for something to do and uh, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that it's fun you know and uh and house, it can be both i've been a house husband my whole life i'm not saying i'm not me i've never uh you know but uh, uh let's just say hypothetically i've been a house husband my whole life or a housewife my whole life uh my kids are gone my kids my kids just went to college now I'm, I'm lonely. I'm bored. My husband's still working. My wife's still working. And I'm sitting at home with nothing to do except for clean up after my husband, you know, and or my wife. And, uh, you know, this would be a perfect candidate for something like this. It gives you something to do. It's sexy. You can put it on your Facebook. Um, and uh, and it's easy. You know, I mean, that's not easy. That's not the right word. I shouldn't say. No, <laughs> Luke, never. I, I never said this was going to be easy. Okay. <clears throat> but it's something that somebody who's never worked in their life, a house husband their whole life, could sit down and figure out. Come to come to class with me. I'm call me up. I'm happy to help. Listen to the management show, um, and and you can figure out how to do this. You know, again, again that's just one demographic of a hundred that this yeah, might. That, yeah, because I mean, most most people are doing this as an investment, which is you know, I mean, an investment is a tool that helps you grow your existing money. You know, and. Uh, at the rate that you want to do that and you're satisfied with is kind of a big factor in these numbers. You know, I mean, if you're, if you got a job and you're making, uh, you know, 900 grand a year or something, you're going to have a different criteria than somebody that's making 70 grand a year. And that's trying to, you know, make a go of something better. And, uh, and that's fine. There's, there's, there is no one, you know, going back to the cash on cash thing, there is no one singular right answer. You know, it's what works for you and what's, what's good for you and what's going to make, your life better, you know, I mean, cause that's all we're trying to do that too. We're trying to make all your lives better, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, for Freedom. real, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, we want to make your lives better. And what, what does that mean for you? So there is no single, like this is right, or this is wrong, or I made a bad investment. You know, I mean, you don't want to lose money at the end of the day. You don't want to lose money. Um, and even that you got to look at that, you know, is everything, any kind of business you do is going to have cycles. You know, there's going to be years that are better than others, you know? So generally I like to look at real estate as a long-term investment. This is something I'm in for the long haul. So I'm ready for, you know, some years are going to be way better than others and that's okay. You know? So, uh, you just got to answer those questions for yourself. And, uh, the other thing about, you know, real estate is like, if you buy a house and it, and, and you wanted a home run and you ended up with a base hit, uh, good. You're at the end of the day, you're going to get a college education out of that base hit, you know, way more than you would have out of a home run on the first shot, you know, and that leads you to house number two. And, uh, you, you start stacking up those base hits and, uh, pretty soon you're in, you're in home run territory. So, yep. You nailed it. Ask yourself this question. Would I buy this property if I had $20 million in the bank cash? Because you never know, you might make up, wake up one day and have, you know, more than you ever dreamed of because you kicked and screamed and, and, and got to where you wanted to be, uh, you know, and it's definitely a hypothetical. But when it comes to short term, especially, I really think you should ask yourself that. Is this something I want to be stuck with? Is this something I would buy if I had $20 million cash? Is this something I would do if I had $20 million cash in the bank? And I also don't think it's a bad idea if you're nervous. If you're, if you're dataing yourself to death and you're sitting there with 77 spreadsheets and 16 different uh, data websites, 
which I can't even believe there's that many of them. Let's we'll talk about that. Let's move into that here in a second. But um, start with the long term. I mean, start with the long term for 150 grand. Just find something that you like you were talking about that you think isn't going to lose money. You know, let's let's not let's not forget this is a rich man's game, guys. You know, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Real estate is for people with money. Okay, got a bunch of extra money laying around. Buy some rental real estate, or buy some stocks, or buy some mutual funds. Okay, now uh, for whatever reason, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to get into this that don't have any money. I was one of them. Me too. Uh, <laughs> so I was able to make it work. You know, you come from Iowa, I come from Nebraska. Um, we're just broke Midwestern boys that, that made good, and uh, and I'm here to tell you it can be done. But the the, the longer I'm in this career, this business. The more I realize this is a rich man's game. What the hell am I even doing here? Of course, I built myself into one, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but start with a, a single family, 150 grand in a decent school district, a three-two brick ranch from the 70s or 80s, 90s. If you can find one, that'd be nice. Uh, you know, uh, you can't go wrong. I mean, if it's if again, you might you. Here's another thing. Back to my rich dude, right? My rich dude. <clears throat> People that can afford to buy rental real estate don't generally live in an area where rent, where money, you can make money on rental real estate. You know, dudes living in a, a big metro where prices are high because that's the way he is. That's the way he rolls. He's living in a fancy area with the fancy family and the whole fancy car and the Escalade and all that. And $150,000-3-2 is probably nothing he's ever heard of, you know? It doesn't uh, exist there. doesn't exist. Uh, and it wasn't until I met my lovely wife and moved to the South that I knew that I would come from New York city. It was two, two, $3 million for 500 square feet. And all the next thing I know, I'm in a town where you could buy a house for 150 grand. I'm like, what the hell? This is crazy. Still didn't know what 150 grand was, but I knew it wasn't 2 million, you know? So, um, I went out and, uh, I started buying houses and, and you might need to go somewhere that is far away from where you live. Uh, but I do highly recommend everybody start with that $150,000 long-term. But there's nothing wrong with jumping straight into short term if you want to get that sexy meter going. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But my point is, is if you're in, in, if you're analyzing yourself to death and you're like, oh my God, what if this is a mistake? Dude, you could have already had two months worth of rent coming in on that three two brick ranch in in freaking Kentucky or or wherever, South Carolina, um, uh, Arizona, Texas. You know that that. Uh, was breaking even, making a couple hundred bucks a month, maybe if you're lucky, and 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 you just learn it from your mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, I mean, there's there's so many. We can go into all kinds of the aspect of managing, but you know, a lot of it comes down to people. You know, you you have to learn how to work with people too. I mean, whether you're doing long term or short term, you're dealing with people a lot mm, in this business. So and, many personalities. You know, and it's not just you know everybody thinks oh you gotta learn how to deal with your your tenants or your guests, and that's that's like. I'll say the easy part, you know, I mean, you, you also have to learn how to talk to bankers and oh, yeah. you got to learn how to talk to the contractors. You know, you go, you have to talk to uh, the guy giving you a million dollars for the short-term rental, the same guy you got, same day you got to talk to the guy pumping your septic tank mm -hmm. and you got to, you, you got to, it's two different languages. I mean, you, you literally have to learn the different languages, you know, so there's, there's a lot that goes into, into this, but it's, it, that's a, that's a life skill. I think, you know, learning, how to work with people. And, and, you know, to your point, I guess, and Adam rambling on there, but it, it doesn't matter on that aspect, if you're doing a $150,000 three, two or a million dollar, uh, vacation house, you know, it's the same, same languages you got to learn, you know? So, you know, I was just thinking to myself, maybe we should <clears throat> bear with me on this one. It's going to go a couple of different ways. <clears throat> maybe we should put together a chart 
of all these websites that do data. Uh, and and this one, uh, or, or do a podcast on that. This one uh, it does this well. This one does that well. There's so many of them out there. I don't even run, AirDNA obviously is the biggest one, but I don't want to drop any names. We could put a chart together of all these, I don't know, there's got to be 10 of them out there now. Um, and, and say, this one's good at this, this one's good at that. Now the downside, again, this is what drives me, you know, part of my frustration is that these things are freaking expensive. You know, I don't know how much is an air DNA subscription right now. I mean, it's, uh, how much, any idea? I don't even know. It's been, yeah, I don't either. it's been a few years. I, you know, I did buy it. I mean, I'm going to say probably in the hundreds of dollars a month, something for one month. market. Yeah. For one market. Yeah. So and, if you want to you know, go to another market, next thing you know, you're spending a grand a month. Yeah. And I, and I did a little bit of that in the beginning, but then, you know, as again, experience kind of takes over and, you know, I don't want to sit here and pretend like you're going to have experience when you first start because you don't, that's why it's scary. Uh, so anyway, but I'm we here can to put tell this you. chart together that says this one costs this much. This one costs that. Maybe it's already out there. It's probably already out there. There's everything out there, right? I'm the I'm the uh, short-term rental uh, data website guy. You know, so the data guy, the data I'm, data guy. I'm the data data guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I analyze the data analyzers. Uh, I'm sure that that probably exists. And, and but I, what I don't want to do, I'm like I'm thinking like, well, we could do that and give it to people. But guess what? That is, it's just one more thing to drive you nuts. You know. So uh, then I got to sit here and analyze the analyzers and spend 20 hours figuring out which one's the best for me. Uh, like it's a, I don't know, like a family car. I got to have a Ford versus a Chevy. It all goes back. Now we're talking, I'm, and this is going to speak your language. We talk about this all the time. Book suggestion of the call number one uh, is, is a paradox of choice. Paradox of choice. Absolute game-changing, life-changing book for yours truly. I'm going to Google. Do you know the, the, the author? Uh, I'm gonna Google. It. I don't off the top of my head, but I don't I, either. I'm I'm pretty uh, bad with authors. I'm horrible with authors. Barry Schwartz, Barry Schwartz, 2004. Thank you so much. You've changed my life. I'm I'm a massive maximizer. I used to be that guy, not necessarily with data, because when I first started this, data didn't exist. It was enemy method or nothing, and I was just the first person to, to name it, and it happened to be a clever name, so it stuck, you know. But um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> where was I? So. Yeah, yeah. Paradox of choice. There's maximizers and there's satisfiers. Read the book, please. Don't don't just skim over this. If if you're listening to this call, please go read that book. I'm a massive. I used to be. I'm a, I'm in I'm in uh, whatever. I'm re, I'm a reformed maximizer. Uh, and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I married the most the biggest satisfier. I don't even think it's a real word, but it is the word from the book satisfier. Uh, on the planet, Avery makes decisions uh having not even realized she made it there's no decision like it's, it's it's just like this is how it is move on i for, i don't even want to think about it like it's it's crazy her brain is satisfied she's satisfied it's crazy i don't know how she does it um she doesn't even want to think about making a decision like it doesn't even exist me i'm over here used to be I'm reformed with you know uh i'm buying a bumper for the jeep and i'll sit there and i'll, I'll spend 17 hours on each jeep website going crazy and that's just a jeep bumper when it comes to a house that's eight hundred thousand dollars imagine how crazy you can drive yourself so really what we're talking about here is be, is turning yourself from a maximizer that goes nuts and analyzes all this crap and never gets anywhere and just spins wheels all the time into a satisfizer now there's a downside of having being a satisfizer occasionally I, as a matter of fact back to the jeep thing I, I i this is a real example recently bought new a new bumper for the new jeep and then i got uh, the jeep and i'm like i looked at it 
and the guy just sent me here, pick one of these. And I picked the most expensive one and it was not much. It was like, I don't know, cheap for a Jeep bumper. And I went and picked up the Jeep and I'm like, this bumper's a piece of crap, you know? So then it bit me in the ass, but again, that's the maximizer in me coming back out. Uh, and that's, so anyway, if you're having trouble with this, if you're having trouble with all this data, read that book. I can guarantee Absolutely. You. Read that book. Read, read that it, book right? if you're not having trouble with the data because that means you're on the other side of it. <laughs> Were you a maximizer? Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, are you better at it now or? I'm better at it now. You know, it still comes out. You know, yeah. again, it depends on what it is a little bit. You know, if it's something I have any level of interest in, I, I, I slip down that slope. You know, I said become an expert and I'm, that's kind of a little bit of my worst enemy is I like anything I get interested in, I want to become an expert at it and that can suck up mm. way too much time. But at the same time, you know, there's a healthy balance to all that. I think if it's, if it's something you enjoy, then, you know, go for it. Just don't, don't put yourself in the loony bin, <laughs> you know? Uh, but uh, so, yes, yeah, so I would say I'm on the, I'm, a, I'm on the uh, reforming and awareness side right. of the maximizer. You know, I catch what it was for me. In. I needed to be aware that this existed. I had no idea I was even doing it. Right. And Avery didn't know, you know, I mean, she, you know, we, we knew that we were different in that aspect, like personality wise or whatever. It's probably what attracted to e us to each other was one of the things is that we were opposites in that category uh, and, and, and not opposites in rock and roll. But, uh, and I see it in my daughter, you know, we have, we have kids now and I see my daughter doing it all the time. She maximizes the crap out of everything. And I feel bad when she does it. Cause I know it came from me. It didn't come from Avery. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell her, I mean, I'm like, Max, you're, you're, her name is Max. You're maximizing. And she's four. So she's like, no, I'm not. And, you know, she doesn't even know what it is, obviously. But I can't wait for her to read that book someday. And uh, I hope that she cares, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and you, you know, you and I have talked about this, all this, all this personality stuff. There's a blessing and curse to both sides of it. You know, I think yeah. all of it is just the awareness level and learning a little bit about basic psychology and stuff goes a long way. You know, and reading books get you there. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the the obsessiveness, there's no doubt the obsessiveness in my life is somewhat to the credit to what got me, you know, where I, where I am. But also it's been uh, there's times where it's definitely a, a curse. You know, I've gotten paralyzed by myself before and uh, I've gotten paralyzed analyzing properties before. And I've I've quite frankly backed out of properties in my early days that I would kill to own today, you mm -hmm. know, and uh but, you know, that's part of the journey, you know, and uh, you just got to, you know, hopefully, hopefully listening to us can help you along that along your own journey there a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and uh, let me point out one more thing. How much money are these all these data websites making? It's a whole business. It's a revenue stream. You know what I mean? They're expensive. Right. They're not going to be there for you uh, once you buy the property. Right. They're not going to do anything for you. You know, there's, That's, there's nothing that they are going to do to help you get to the number that you, that you put down on your spreadsheet to make you happy. Uh, that that's on you. And we are here to help you with that, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's learning how you're learning a skill here. So. Dude, hundred percent. You begin. And now you got these guys, uh, you know, get, get well, back to the, hold on. <laughs> um, I love it when I rattle your brain. Dude, I have to write this stuff down or I forget. So, you know, these websites, there's tons of them now. And I have to believe that the prices are going to start going down. You're either going to start seeing some of them disappear because there's so many of them now, these data websites for short term, or the prices are going to go down. I think that's, you know, there's going to be a happy medium right now. Uh, but, but right now, everybody's got imposter syndrome. Everybody's, you know, trying to be first to the first to the game, right? Like the, the first to the table with this, with this data. And they already, they already did it, man. That company's already been traded, you know, at least once. And, uh, and I think that the imposter syndrome is going to start settling in, 
which I've been guilty of many times. Every time you switch careers or whatever, you're an imposter and you try harder uh, at that point to try and make yourself known. And I think that's what a lot of these guys are doing. These places are doing, but I think it's just going to drive the prices down and make it good, you know, for, for the consumer. And at a certain point, again, this is what drives me nuts about it. You're spending a thousand dollars a month on one website to tell you how much a house rents for when you could get that for free. Now, if I was only paying $99 a month, uh, you know, for the entire country, I don't know how much that costs. I let's, let me put that out there. I I'm sure there's some dude that owns one of these. that's like, dude, you don't even know what we do. But my point is, is if you're spending a ton of money on this, you know, you could have thrown that money back in the pot to buy it to, for the down payment for, for a couch, you know, and, and eventually the imposter uh, syndrome thing will, uh, will go away. The other thing too, is, I mean, again, we're not really talking about seasoned people here, but once you own one or two of these things, your, your days of looking at that stuff are almost gone. I mean, you, cause oh. you just, you kind of get a feel of it, you know? And, uh, you know, so all that, all that stuff and all those hours and you're going to forget about it, you know, in a couple of years and, uh, or even leaving less than that a couple of months, maybe, you know, uh, you know, I remember, I mean, I, my first one, I, I can't lie. I mean, I, I, I need to dig it up because before I came and, and worked with you guys, you know, in my early days of jumping into this, I had, I did on notebooks too. And I had a notebook, I had pages of numbers written out. Well, if, if, and then, and da, 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 da. And, and then I bought one and then, you know, I, I don't even know where that notebook is anymore because yeah. I never looked at it again, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, um, so anyway, that's, you almost don't uh, want to look at it because you'd be like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was Why I, was I so obsessed over that? Yeah, now that being that? said, you know, you make some good, you get, you make some good points there for maximizing. And, and, uh, if, if you don't go through some of that and uh, this is the, the reform maximizer in me is, is, is in pain right now. But, uh, if you don't go through some of this stuff and drive yourself nuts, then, you know, by the time you'll never get to the third or fourth property when it's time to forget, you know, the, all the driving yourself nuts, you know? Right. So that's, you know, there is an argument on that, on that side of it to, to just go ahead and do the driving yourself nuts, uh, to get in the balance. There's a balance. There's such a balance yeah. in all of this, I guess, you know, going back to the, the, the software data companies and stuff, you know, a big thing to be aware of on some of that too, is like, where are they getting that? You know, they aren't, where are they getting their data from? Airbnb. You know, the, well, I know. And that's, that's the, that's the point, I guess. Same is thing they, you all, do. The, they all get the data from the same place. They're yeah. not, they're not doing anything magical. And a lot, the difference between some of these is interface, you know, and what it looks like and it's pretty or it's not pretty, or, you know, it, it, it sorts it out for you in a, in a way that may work better for your brain. And uh, to that degree, you know, there's some, there's some validity to it. You know I mean? It's not, they're not evil, you know, they're not evil. It's oh. just uh it's just, uh, you know, like you said, you can do it all yourself for free. That's true. Uh, you may not be able to, too, right today. Well, you and, can do your own brain surgery for free. That's probably not <laughs> right. You know, I mean, so, there's so I guess I'm just being double down. I want to sit here and sound like we're poo-pooing all the, on all these softwares, right. you know. But what I am poo-pooing on is is the driving yourself. Go ahead. You no, know, exactly what you said. It's the a little bit of driving balance. You got to find the balance that works. And you got to you got to come to a reality that just because someone other than you told you something uh no matter at the end of the day it's up to you to make it come real you know and uh that's that's where the confidence level has to come in at the end of the day the question you got to ask yourself is what do i feel confident i can do in this house and that's the number you know and uh uh you know and if you're if you're being too conservative 
I hate to say it, you're probably not going to end up with a house because mm-hmm. you're you're always going to be able to talk yourself out of it. And if there's, you know, 20 people around you on the same block that you're looking at that's buying houses left and right and they're making money and you're talking yourself out of it and saying, I can't make any money. You got to ask yourself why and you got it. That's where you got to get real with yourself and say, look, I, I might be wrong. You know, maybe I'm being too conservative. On the other note, if you're, you know, on the other side of that, if you're, you know, saying I can pay this much and it's, you know, 250 grand more than anybody else is paying because your number, you got, you better look at that too. You know? So again, it just kind of comes back to look around you and that's the enemy method. You know, we keep going back to that, look around you, become an expert in your neighborhood, your area, your region, whatever it is that you need, that needs to work. You need to look at that. I don't make money off the enemy method. I just gave it a name. I didn't even create it. It was already out there. I was just smart. I just was the first one to put a name on it. And, uh, but anyway, you know, you talk about these datas, uh, the, these websites not being there for you once you actually own the house. It goes a step further than that because we see these folks popping up now that you can go and pay to analyze your property for you. And I think that's dangerous, man. I really do. Uh, because that that person's got nothing, no skin in the game. So, you know, if if they're wrong, they can just disappear. What, what, are, you, what are they, you know, you can't do anything about it. Hey, you should go buy this house with your money. And your leverage and your family's life on the on the lines, uh, I think you should buy this one. I mean, first of all, why would I want that gig? That sounds like a big. That sounds like a, a pressure gig that I would not want. But there's people out there doing it, and I think I would advise folks to stay away from stay away from that. No, that that guy's got no skin in the game. I again, I don't know how. Well, the other thing to that is you're not you're not growing yourself you know, in, in that, you know, and again, at the end of the day, yeah. this is your small business. You know, I mean, if I'm getting into a new lifestyle of running this small business called short-term rental, you better want to grow yourself into learning these things, you know, and because that's, that's the people that become successful. I mean, the people that, that know, you know, it goes back to anything. I mean, when you, when you uh, put in the sweat in the beginning, you know, at the end of, you know, 10 years from now, you may not need to be doing the one doing that stuff, or even a year from now, you may not be need to be doing that, but you need to understand how it works. You yeah. Know? If you want to hire a guru or something, somebody to help you learn how to do this stuff, that's fine. But if you're just going to pay somebody 200 bucks to tell you how much a property is going to make, I think that's a little dangerous, man. I, agree. I mean, completely agree. because that, that person is probably not even in the town that you're looking to buy or anything like that. And it's just uh I just hope we don't get more of that out there because I think I think it's a little it's a little dangerous. But uh, what else? Anything else that we didn't cover? I'm sure there is. Yeah, a hundred things. <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, good book you've read recently? Uh, I actually just started in on uh, Courage is Calling. Oh, all right. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm just getting started in that one. So uh, seems good so far. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. Uh, what about you? I am reading, I am still reading Getting the Love You Want, which is uh, nothing to do with real estate, but it is fantastic. I just, I found out actually that it is one of the, I think it's the first Oprah book club book. Uh, kind of put that on the map. It's a, it's a, it's a vintage classic uh, in the world of, uh, you know, being a good dad, being a good husband, father, uh, family man. Um, so yeah, nothing to do with real estate, but uh uh, what else? But everything to do with important stuff. I actually have de- a des- discipline is is destiny queued up next, which is Ryan Holiday's uh, other. I think he's put out two yeah. in the last year. Um, and and Ryan Holiday's a metalhead, so of course we uh, we like him very much. But uh, all right, man, data, data, data. Uh, don't drive yourself nuts with it, guys. Don't drive you. That's the whole point. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it.
That's it. Long story short, short-term rental management, don't overthink it.